0: Well, it's time for Dents and Dreams, a painless dent repair podcast focusing on how you can use the fruits of this wonderful trade we call PDR to achieve your wildest dreams. I'm John Badin, your friendly neighborhood dent reaper and host of Dents and Dreams. Now, let's get started. Let's get started, indeed. Today, we have an interview with the Hail Broker. It is uh, Denny Douglas, straight out of Texas. And uh, Denny, uh, I mean, we just really got acquainted the other day here. And uh, why don't you let everybody, uh, I guess, kind of know who you are, how you got into PDR and and how you got to where you're at now? Oh, geez, we already got people coming in. Say hey to Tim Green, Corey Nichols, the PDR Cowboy, and Andy Patrick from Ginger Bros. What up, guys? Good to see y'all. Good to see you. If you got a question for a hail broker, put it on in there. But uh, let's get to know Denny first. How did how did you get started in PDR?
1: Well, that's a that's a good question. I've been uh, it's it's been my life, really. My dad he uh, he was a he was a shop foreman for a Oldsmobile dealership in El Paso, Texas when I was about 5 years old and he was installing car alarms for a dollar rental car afterward make some side money and the owner introduced him to this new process called paintless dent repair. And so he uh, he jumped at the opportunity and that was, you want to talk about some brokering back then, he was making 20% under this, guy. he was, he was labeled under Dent Doctor, and uh, my mom and him decided they were going to buy him out, and they, he started, he was the first one in Texas with the, the name everybody's, I'm sure everybody knows a Dent Master somewhere around in the world, and mm-hmm. uh, he became Dent Masters, and he was at El Paso for a while and then he he got on a hailstorm with the guy that trained him in San Antonio and he got a couple dealership gigs there and, you know, he began a route and then uh, as I grew up, you know, he was, he was all about working and I can remember one hailstorm, I think in, shoot, that would have been 96, 97, something like that. He was doing all the auction cars. At the auto auction. Oh, wow. Wholesale cheap ass. You yeah, know. yeah.
0: So that hailstorm was 96, 97. What year was it when he actually started pushing metal?
1: I think he got trained in either 90 or 91.
0: Okay.
1: I remember we moved to San Antonio in 93 or 94. And that was when he already kind of had a route established. But so when he did that uh, deal at the auction, you know, that's when he was. Started bringing my brother and me in there to start dropping headliners and pulling taillights and all the stuff we all start off doing. And and then from there, you know, it just kind of progressed. And he started training me to push when I was about 14. Jeez. <laughs>
0: How old were you when you were dropping the headliners?
1: Shoot, I was I was 90. I was probably like 11, 10, 11, 12. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, awesome, dude. I hate R and I. I hate it with a passion. Nothing yeah, I just yeah. like more than doing that, but yeah, so it just kind of morphed into that and I started training then and I liked it, but I, I didn't know if I wanted to continue that. I always thought I could always do it if I really wanted to. Right, right. And so I went to high school and I didn't really pay that much attention to it. I would help him here and there. And then I got into college and I went to, I went to Texas a m University and College Station and there was a local tech there that I went to work for and he did some more training on me there. And then I started picking up dealership accounts in the college station area and fixing dents there. And eventually, uh, Were you,
0: were you doing that work through college or did you just, okay. Eventually, you
1: know, when you start making decent money, you start thinking college is stupid and (laughs) I never finished. (laughs) So then I, I went back home and started a route under my dad. He had a big route in San Antonio and, You know, I had a ton of of the gun dealerships there and say it's a big conglomerate dealership. And I had five of the six. And I was fixing those, you know, that was a everyday route. And then one day I was walking through the service drive of the Nissan dealership there and I just peeked into the service manager's office and he had the A1 tool site up, which I thought was weird. I say, you getting in the dent business or what to him? And he said, we're going in house. And so that day I lost all five accounts in one fell swoop and I was pretty much unemployed then. Wow. And so that would probably been like 2013. And I just put my tools down. I said, screw this. I'm not, I'm not in this industry. This is the most disloyal, shitty industry. I was already fighting other techs that were coming on the lots and doing favors left and right. I fixed every manager's car, every, every family member of every employee there, you know, you know how it goes. And, and then just like that. I didn't have a job. And so I put my tools down for three years and I didn't, I didn't do anything. And then it held in San Antonio in 2016, massive, massive storm. And my dad called and said he needed me back. And from there, I, I ran a, started a retail shop in a body shop that we were good friends with the body guy. And we had another shop down the road where we would house the techs and feed cars through there. And we had like nine or 10 body shops and then a couple of dealerships and then just his normal retail that he'd built throughout, you know, 20 something years of service in San Antonio. So it was, it was definitely a baptismal through fire on that one. And, you know, that, uh, that got me in the hell game and I loved it. And I saw what, what, you know, what, what the hell portion of it was, actual hell work. You know, we had done fixing hell cars and body shops, never did a supplement in my life. And so that was, that's what got me into it. And then I, I broke off from my dad and went full on chasing storms. And here we are today.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what year was that probably when you went back to work with your dad and, and started doing the real hell work at that body shop?
1: 2016. Okay, it was April sixteenth when that. I think it's still this. It's either the first or second highest grossing hailstorm in in the states. So that was a big. Oh big
0: wow! One. Yeah, massive. good job. We worked good for, it for two straight years. That was a that was a big one. Two years, dang, that's a lot of hail. And I'll that's tell you what.
1: The sad part is, is it was such a it was such new to me that I ended up. We didn't make any money as a, as a company for Dent Masters. We didn't. We paid the tax a lot of money, and we were giving such huge cuts to the body shops, things like that. That, and I was taking ten percent for running the whole deal, and my dad had a measly little five percent, and still taking all the overhead. I don't even think he came out ahead on that whole huge storm. And I hope one day I can make it back up to him if we get another one there.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Look to the skies and hope. <sighs>
1: So since then, and... I've, I've been very fortunately blessed to have some, you know, 18 I had held in a College Station. I got in there and got in a dealership, and I went back to the guy that I had worked with there, and I ran some body shops for him and met some good guys. And 2019, I tried to do some retail work and found that was difficult as hell, you know. And I had a big body shop that was feeding us, but the retail site was tough. <laughs> And then 2020 we did uh, it held in Bryan again, and then we did San Antonio there. And 2021 we had a big hailstorm at College Station, so been there pretty much ever since.
0: Hot diggity! So now you reside in College College Station now, then?
1: No, I live in the southwest corner of Houston, down in Richmond, Texas, just a suburb of Houston. Okay.
0: So, yep. Yeah. Cool, cool.
1: That's where I live.
0: Love it, love it. That's a little bit of a jaunt all the way down to College Station, yeah?
1: Yeah, yeah. I stayed in College Station. It held there April 8th. I stayed there through uh, the first part of August, and I've commuted. I just packed my tools up yesterday and called it a year there. So I commuted. It's an hour and a half. I commuted yeah, yeah. That was, that was kind of a drag, but had to do it.
0: Got to do what you got to do, for sure. For sure, yeah. for sure. So uh, that's a pretty good run, though April to March, yeah. <laughs> damn near a full year. It was
2: it's
1: a good,
0: good storm. I knew uh, quite a few guys working down there. Uh, yeah, I so. want to
1: say it was probably the biggest one of last year, wasn't it?
0: I would think. I mean, I'm not, I'm not super in tune with with the, the hail storms across because I don't generally chase. That's not my my first. <laughs> instinct whoa what was that did Something. you hear that yeah i don't
2: know
1: how to that turn was... that off that was a text message to my computer <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right i'm sure well,
1: that's gonna go off again if that bothers you let me see if i can turn that off
0: well if it happens it happens i'll survive um where was I? Oh yeah. So yeah, I'm chasing is not my first modality, but in, you know, in certain situations, someone I know, uh, numbers are right. Yada, yada. If I'm, if I'm invited in, the numbers are right. I'll, I'll definitely go, yeah. go down. I, I mean, there's few things better than just show up and push. Right. Um, because, You know, I've, it hails up here in Minnesota from time to time. And, uh, I haven't had anything super major as far as storms that I've managed personally. And I've, I've been trying to, I've done it twice now, run things strictly retail. So there's no body shop involved and it's just, it's me against the, the, uh, the market and me against the adjuster and, uh. I just, you know, do my best to to get the best uh outcome for, for me and my company. But uh and I've I've hired some subs here and there and and done that. And I mean I'm telling you, man, uh what what you guys do as brokers, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people will will kind of say like, oh fucking broker out, out of the corner of their mouth, you know, it's uh, uh, <laughs> like
1: that's a term I don't love. Like, yeah. I can't, I can't deny that that's what I do, but it it does carry such a stigma to it that I don't really like to call myself that. I prefer to say that we're staffing is what I like to say.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you're you're bringing two sides together and and you know, they they there has to be somebody to manage all that if it, if it's going to grow to any sort of scale. There's just no way that somebody who's managing all that paperwork and everything and if it was every tech for themselves then it would just get even messier like there's no way that that could work without a broker somebody has to manage that situation and somebody has to be the go between between the tech and the body shop or the tech and the dealership or whatever Whatever the case may be there's just Otherwise, there's nobody's going to have time to push metal. All the paperwork's going to be screwed up, and uh, nothing's going to get done. So
1: that's so true. I mean, I've tried it. I've tried to. You know, the first year when I was in, I was still. You know, I listened to a podcast one time, and I'm not a big podcast listener too. And it was uh, it was a PDR college podcast with Shane and Keith, but I don't think Keith was in. It. it was just Shane, and he was talking about the storm that he was in there, and you know, I forget what town he's there in. South Carolina but he was talking about how he had to evolutionize his mind from being tech minded to being managerial minded to being entrepreneurial minded and it that really stayed with me and I mean it's so true because I tried to just push as well I would wait till five o'clock when the adjusters and the insurance was done and and I would try to push from you know six to ten 11 12 at night and, and that's the fastest way to burn yourself out and so there, there really is a as much as brokers screw people and they get such a bad stigma, you know, there is a need for that type of front office management, dealing with the customer, dealing with insurance, dealing with adjusters. You know, and, and the bigger the storm, the more, you know, the more manpower you need up front. And it, it can get, you know, and a lot of technicians, they, they don't realize that because they never had to do it. You know, like you say, it's nice to just come in and push and all that yep. is kind of blind to you. But it's so valuable because without it, like you said, the paperwork's a mess. You're not getting checks in, you're not getting paid, you're not getting the things that you really want because there's nobody. Yeah.
0: There. Yep. Oh yeah. And I mean I mean, fighting with an adjuster is, you know, I mean, even on one car can be, you know, that's a part-time job that can take exactly. hours.
1: Just writing uh, them. Oh, yeah. Cars. You know, this year in, in college station. I had to have a guy come in and just, all he did was ride cars all day long. You know, he would get eight to 10 cars done a day. And, and we had a, a lady that would send off the, the, you know, the estimates to the insurance companies. And so it's, it's a full-time job in itself. And then if the adjusters do come out, which they haven't really been in the last two years, which has been kind of nice, but you're right. It's especially Geico, you know,
0: that's a freaking that's an hour long meeting. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you still, yeah. Get- yeah, I mean, you know, every it's weird because, uh, you know, a, everybody's got their one insurance company that they seem to butt heads with. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know if it is specifically Geico or if it's specifically State Farm or if it's just the adjuster that's assigned to your shop at that particular moment in time. And, you know, um, uh, true you know and, and
1: you're right we'd run into all of them i just i have a disdain for geico <laughs> they just, they're always a thousand dollars less and it just pisses me off
0: yep, your yep. Cats uh, brutal. It's
1: yeah
0: your cats are brutal we had a state farm cat guy up here and uh we were going back and forth it was the first estimate of the year and uh i literally took his estimate we're standing in my driveway and I just, I don't care what you got to do. I mean, this was smash shit. Like you, I had to buy a power PDR box for this storm, And, you know, he wasn't giving me anything on the, he, oh, we just, that's an oversize. That's an oversize. Well, no, it's more than 40 bucks to fix that dent. I don't care how you do it. You could write it as five oversize. You can write it as 200 bucks for that dent. I don't care what you do. But this isn't going to work. And I just opened my trash can lid and threw it in the garbage. And uh, he just kind of looked at me and he was like, Well, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> nice. and... I've, thrown, I've thrown adjusters out.
1: I've done everything. And, you know, everything everybody else has done, I've done it as well. And so I know exactly what you're talking about. It's a, yeah, it's a brutal think. part of the business, but it's it's definitely there for right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, Chris Allen's in uh, Orange, Texas. He's been dealing with some of that. So, yeah, he agrees on the adjuster part. Let's see. We got some more questions in here. Let's see what we got. Uh, Nick Stark had a $7,000 estimate to Allstate last summer, and some dude in India rewrote my estimate for 1200 because I only took one pick per panel. Wow. Just
2: uh, send
0: it. Yeah, that's preposterous. Uh, Nick's a big fan of retail. hail. can't argue with you there. Let's see. We got a Facebook user. How is a good way to get a job to the shop background? Have not been able to get on a good crew. What are the tips and tricks? Okay. So that's looks right. like he's trying to find a, a good crew to get on with. And, uh, that's kind of a tough nut to crack. I mean, how do you find, you know, you've obviously hired new techs here mm-hmm. and there before. Uh, I mean, what are, you, what are you looking for when you're looking for a, a new tech and how does that kind of go down?
1: Man, that's, that's, the, that's probably the money question right there. What are you looking for, a technician? And yeah, we briefly talked yesterday. I described, I don't know a situation where you need a tremendous amount of technicians unless you have a hundred rental vehicles available to you at any given time, by the time you go through the insurance process and everything like that, the technician has so much time to catch up to the other portion of the process that it's hard to, you know, have, find a play or even have a shop that can house that many technicians. Right. And so you get into a, a point where it's harder for like this gentleman that, you know, asking this question, you know, everybody has friends in this industry and people they want to work with and people they don't want to work with and stuff like that. And the way I weed through technicians is, you know, they obviously, you know, you had Kyle Chase on the other night. He was down there with us and he talks about that F-350 roof that we put him on. I'm going to put you on something difficult. I'm going to see what your attitude is on that. You know, I'm going to see, are you going to bitch and complain about having to do, to do something that, you know, is maybe out of your comfort zone. I like technicians that, do other things other than just push, you know, I I know that you say it's nice to go and just push, but there's so many other things that need to be done in the shop that it's nice when a technician will take the time to do that. you know, whether that's some advanced R&I that they're more like Shane Schaefer was down there with us this year. He took a whole fender off to remove that, that stupid bag or whatever that is inside the Toyota Tacoma,
0: Oh yeah, the, and then he put yeah, the fender
1: yeah. back on. You know that was more advanced than what my R and I guy could do at that time. And you know he didn't bitch and say that you know that your R and I guy sucks. He just did it, fixed the fender, and put it back together. And those are the kind of things that make the workload progress. And that is what's important because if we get jammed up, then nobody's making money, and everything's yeah. falling, and we're losing customers. And and that's where it gets to be a pain in the ass. Um, I look for guys that aren't afraid to fix a big beat up roof. Uh, If you can fix a roof, that's a, the money panel. And that is the panel that will jam up a body shops, paint booth faster than anything else. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So if you've got if you're kicking, kicking the whole top panels, a nobody's making any money. B we're stopping production inside these body shops and we're not there. Then they're not going to bring cars in. And so, every, then everybody's sitting in their hotel rooms, and nobody likes that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, the ability to to tear certain things. I've had texts come in that, you know, they're, they're former body guys or whatever, and, you know. Exactly. So, the, the speed at which they could do some of it, I mean, uh, it definitely puts me to shame. Exactly can't i can't all that stuff is priceless and being able to to write or just you know help clean up or exactly whatever whatever you can do to help keep the workflow going is is probably going to go a long way i would think and certainly does for me you know i've hired i don't even know four or five guys on a contract basis not nothing like i'm sure what you've done but so like when you hired uh kyle for the first time you put him on that 350 how did how did you first meet kyle how did you even get in contact with him well
1: i think yeah. kyle told that story that he came down and honestly my dad is a route tech that's what he is he's not he's not fluent with what you know hell tech it's it's two different worlds really oh absolutely absolutely so they had a, a decent hailstorm in san antonio and Usually, I go down and help him, but I was I was in another area. And so, uh, Kyle and Shane ended up working for my dad. And the body shop that my dad put them in is a body shop I told my dad years ago, don't ever send me to this shithole. Like, I hate this body shop. It's on an incline like this. Oh. Like You can't even have a, a light yeah. out without it rolling down into, I mean, a main street. Like, I'm talking like... Yeah and yeah. uh, they don't have any enclosed area there's bondo flying everywhere and the, the owners are just absolute dicks i mean that's just the only way to describe them and so he puts them in there and i literally i he was asking me for technicians down there and i i told him i said i'm not going to send you any of the technicians that i like to go I, I can't do that to these guys i can't put them in that situation And so Kyle and Shane were in there and they, they hung through it. It, You know, they did a good job for my dad and, and he spoke highly of them. And so, I mean, I had already filtered through like 40 something texts in this storm. And so I was looking for some new blood to come in and I, I called Kyle and Shane and I said, you know, my dad had talked highly of you. Well, Kyle came down first. I think Shane was in Indianapolis and, uh, you know, that's that's how I that's how it all came to fruition. They they stuck it out through a what I consider an absolute horrible gig. And so I knew if they could do that, they're gonna like what I have to offer. So right, right. Came in and We had a climate controlled building and Ooh, all the space you want. Yeah, oh, that's uh,
0: yeah.
1: That's
0: a climate control. I mean, you say those two words and uh Yeah. You yeah. get you got the pick of the litter, I'm I'm thinking. That's right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's so a beautiful he came, thing
1: he came down and i put him on that roof and he did a he did a damn good job on it and you know then he had the nightmare situation that he had and you know, that yeah that was yeah. that was something else i mean I, I don't think anybody could have been more unlucky than he was at that particular storm and when he went down with covid you know i had i lost three technicians to covid right then and there all at once Oof, man so that's when Shane came down just to kind of relieve a little bit. And Kyle really, he built me up on that podcast. You know, he said I was such a great guy and all this, and I just left the gates open for them guys. And, and that's kind of true, but it's kind of not. I mean, they kept telling me, I think I'm going to be back tomorrow. You know, I think I'm going to be back. <laughs> it just kept dragging on, you know, 14, 15 days later. And that's when I, Shane was on one side and I went down to the other side and started pushing and, we were able to just weather that little bit of a storm for those couple weeks, but you know, and then Kyle comes back, and then the rest of the tragedies of Kyle happened. But
2: <laughs>
1: that's hard, man. He's a good dude, and that was just a bad—that was just a bad run, man.
0: Bad run of luck for sure, yeah. And it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy.
1: Couldn't have to a nicer guy.
0: He—he he made her through, and he's a—he's a trooper. So yeah, yeah he, did, he did a great job. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I would imagine, you know, from, you know, I guess you said 2016, kind of the first storm you managed. You've got a pretty solid Rolodex. I don't, I don't know what you say these days because Rolodexes aren't a thing anymore.
1: Me, I'm old enough.
0: But, but your contact list uh, for Hale is probably, probably pretty strong as as would be probably most good uh hail brokers it is you know and
1: really it's like i was saying you really don't need a whole lot of a technicians you know that's the problem you know really you need like an a guy a b guy a couple b's and maybe a c guy that's learning and somebody to fill a spot just keep it work in front of you know a jam up technician that can knock out a car a day that's you know, $10,000 job a day, they're hard to keep, keep feeding that many people. But we're trying to scale up, you know, we're, we're constantly hiring other, other ends of the business. You know, we've got a couple salesmen we've hired full time that are, they're not just your run of the mill door knockers. They're, they're actual salesmen that are going to, you know, try to sell a lot more volume on the retail side. And then my, what I do is I try to go land the, you know, the body shops and the bigger, the bigger draws and hopefully when we get into the right storm, you know, we're always looking for.
0: Yeah. when you And then when you're saying we, the name of your company is American hail solutions, correct? Correct. Gotcha. So we got your website up here. So if anybody wants to check that out, uh, but yeah, so it's just always a constant game of trying, trying to be able to, to scale up and, and, be able to bring in all that work but then uh at the same time you're dependent on uh you're dependent on mother nature and what what frozen nuggets she spits out of the sky for you uh
1: yeah you know abundant abundant season would be nice we haven't had one of those in a while you know really we haven't and we've been fortunate enough here to to get in some good gigs and and to get some people fed and you know, it, it's kind of sometimes I don't know if I want to continue doing this all the time because it is a drain, you know, when you're gone that long. But there's so many techs now that have been with me for, you know, five, six years that they're not with other people. So other people don't necessarily, you know, they've already got their text, So it's almost like you've got to continue just to feed them as well. And, you know. Yeah, it's,
0: yeah. We've got a Facebook user asking, do I still come up as Facebook user? Yeah.
2: <laughs> On here, yes, you know, yes sir.
0: Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, you got to click the, the, the StreamYard link above and give it permission. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, and Nick Stark says he's a D-tech. <laughs> I, I call shenanigans. He's over in Wisconsin. Oh, that's Kyle. That's, up, Kyle's bro? our fi- Facebook user. What's up, buddy? How's it going, Kyle? But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, obviously, you know, everybody's praying for hail pray for Mm. hail everybody uh but uh you know is there a way like you know sometimes if you look into the hail trace website or whatever and and, you know i've seen them on other podcasts before and you know they have their predictions methods you know whatever i don't know maybe you read the farmer's almanac like what uh what do, you, what do you go off of to try to gauge what the potential of the upcoming season is? And is any of it accurate or is it, I mean, are you better off just going to the, the local lady in the corner on Main Street with the crystal ball in her office? <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know, I know Derek Klein. I've met him over there a couple times and Earth Hell Trace. And I used to be a subscriber to it and you know, get all the hell maps and all that. But you know, we're asking them to do the impossible, you know, predict the weather, especially that far out. And I've been mad as hell at them, you know, just as everybody else has. And and I, I had to step back and, and realize that they're not God and and they're just going off of patterns. You know, if this was this and that was that these several years, then this is what we should expect. And so I, I don't blame them for being off and wrong a lot of the times, but I just look at it as, as I feel like we're due, you know, I think the last big hail year was really 2016. That's, you know, that's when Dallas got smoked, San Antonio got smoked. Um, Denver, I think got hit that year too. And, and really like the Midwest, it's really due. I don't think St. Louis has been hit in a while. And some of those places, which I don't I've never had to leave Texas. We get enough hail down here that I've really never had to venture off out of Texas, but you know, I would really like it to hail up there to keep some of the northern fellas up there and not have to compete with them all the time. I mean, that's
0: yeah, that's yeah. I uh, I'd
1: appreciate that honestly.
0: I know a couple guys locally that have already been down to Texas this season, yeah. so uh so yeah I mean yeah I would welcome it too so i'm I'm glad you're rooting for hail up here and uh,
1: I'll, it, <laughs> yeah
0: I'll root for hail down there and up here and uh hopefully yeah. everybody wins but yeah it's it's hard to know but you know i will say this on the hail Trace front where you know obviously the predictions game is uh you know impossible really mm-hmm. i I don't know how they do it or how they come up with it but um uh, when a storm does hit, having those maps uh, of what hit where is is super powerful. Uh, so, I do you utilize that kind of thing in your marketing strategy, or
1: we do? I mean, we obviously go through where the you know where it hits, and we're we're evaluating the areas that you know they say that it hit. A lot of times I'll find areas that were not hailed on. I still do old time mapping where we just go off storm reports and drive around and look, you know, and and that's when you can find them honey holes that really, you know, when people are just relying on those maps, I'm probably giving away too much information on that. But, you know, if you get out and adventure a little bit, you'll find those sweet spots where you can really rake in some cars and you're not finding the roofers that are pissing everybody off and, and, you know, those sorts of things. But I, I think there's, they're semi-accurate I find a lot of times I'll be in the swath of a like where it's supposed to be two and a half inch hail and I don't see a single car that's been damaged so I don't think they're 100 percent accurate at all but I think they're a valuable tool just to kind of point you in the right direction
0: right right yeah yeah and I've experienced the same thing where you know you look on the map and I mean whatever system you're I mean Noah's wrong everything is you know Nothing is a hundred percent, and like you say, I mean, these are the two best sensors we have for hail. Is go out and look, right? And uh, it just, it takes time. That's the problem. And- it is
2: the problem.
1: And you're always behind the eight ball because you know as soon as it hails somewhere, they're de- every other company's deploying their sales tactics, whatever they you know decide whether it's door knocking or or flying or everything on the sun, you know ads everything that you got your arsenal there are already multiple multiple deployments of that and it's yeah, like war yeah.
0: yeah yeah oh my gosh hold on you got your beer ready we need to we need to do a toast to Kyle cuz he figured out how to get his name to show up good that job buddy good <laughs> good job Kyle <laughs> Oh, love it, love it. Oh, ride shuts in the house, dent digest. What up, what up, shut uh, yeah, he's he's got a climate controlled shop up in Baltimore now. So uh, That's nice.
1: That's probably more important. I, I would hate to be cold rather than being hot.
0: Yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah.
1: I don't know how you boys do it up there. I'd crack paint first first push.
0: Yeah, well, I go through a lot of propane, me and That's Hank cool. Hill. Me and Hank Hill are tight. We go, we go through some <laughs> propane and propane accessories up here. <laughs> and, uh, we we spray
1: alcohol on our cars to cool them
0: down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that uh, that'll do, man. I never sw- I when I worked in Houston, it was 2020, and I never sweat so much in my life. Like it'll do it. This a, this is a swamp. Just, walking from my hotel to my car to go to the shop i'm sweating before i even turn the key uh that's that's a that's a new kind of that's a new kind of hot and humid it really is it's uh something
1: that i don't care how long you've been here you don't get used to you just got to have
0: ample amounts of baby powder and
1: just Baby powder water.
0: and water. Man, I bought a case of water a week down there and just shug a lug. Yep. And but I tell you what, there is few things better than a cold beer at the end of a hot day. It's so a, it's
1: the only thing that keeps you motivated to do it again the next day. <laughs> some people don't understand that, but that's some truth to that.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You got to reward yourself. It's the, it's the little things, man. Uh, yeah, we, I mean, we ate good and I I like to, I like to make sure I, I eat good at least a couple, you know, couple times a week, whenever I've been chasing hail, like find When you're making hail money, you gotta, and you're, you're sweating that hard. You're working out. I mean, you wake up and your shoulder is, killing you and all your joints really. and uh, man, yeah, that's, you one gotta- I,
1: that's one thing I would say from a, I'm a pseudo broker cause I was a technician and I understand technicians and I understand that if you fuck over a technician that the likelihood of you continuing to be successful in this industry is pretty slim. But I would think like if I was going to be uh, more broker minded, I would, I love a broke technician. You know what I mean, and so if I could to give any advice to any technicians out there that are really chasing hail, is quit blowing your money in the off season, man. Come in with some money still, because that's how you get taken advantage of. Because you're at the point where you'll work for anything.
0: Yeah, if
1: yeah. You just be. I mean, you make a killing in those six, seven months. And yeah.
0: Is that investment. is that something you have experienced like that? the broke technician just oh yeah just let's, start hitting you, let's start begging hitting you for work up. yep i'll do it for 20 percent, man come on let yeah, me well, in.
1: you have everything from the you know when you get a big gig like we had this year at college station i had everything from the brazilians hitting you up for low percentages you know and and then you have the broke technician that can't find a gig that you know that that exact thing that you know they'll do it for which is tempting. I'm not going to lie to anybody. I mean, it only pads my pocketbook. which is if you're skilled is handy. But like I said, I try to do things a little more. I would say, because I want to continue every year to be successful. And I think the one year you start playing those games is the year
0: that you uh, might be your last. Yeah. That's a tough call. And I mean, let's, let's be real. Like if they're broke, it's probably for a reason. yeah. And, you know, if they're apt to be making bad decisions, I'm not saying people don't deserve second chances and all those things, but if you put yourself in that position, you made some bad decisions along the way, and who's to say you're not going to continue to make those bad decisions and and, that, that- uh, and screw me or, or screw, you know, whichever business owner or broker over in, in that process. Like yeah, I've had got, that, uh, I mean, yeah, the a tech first, can screw a, a broker just as much as a broker can screw a tech. I've had
1: it. I mean, like a first technician I ever had that I inherited in that retail gig, he was a, uh, he ended up being a, an addict, bad. And I actually rehabbed him in my home for a solid three months and tried to, and then he kept going off the rocker, which ended up, you know, costing me time, costing me. And thankfully I didn't have any issues where he wrecked anything or did anything drastic, but you're right. If they're, if they're a poor, you know, example of a human, you know, really, it really affects your business in the long run.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You get what, what, you, pay call.
1: For. You, get what you pay for in any, yeah.
0: any aspect. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine. And I mean, it's gotta be a tough call. Cause obviously, you know, the, the, the human side of, of everybody's comes out uh, here and there and, you know, I know guys that have, have stuck around on, on bad deals that, you know, they should have left months before. And, you know, they, I swear, I, I know he's going to pay me. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And they just keep working and working and working. And, and, uh, just, you know, running up how much is actually owed. So it's, yeah. uh, it's tough to say. Oh, let's see. Nick has a, a comment here. He said, uh, I'd rather pay more for a good tech and not have to worry about them than pay less and me make more money off a of tech who cuts corners. Yeah, and I would that. imagine I would imagine that too. Like you're hiring these guys, you're trusting them to do a good job, you pay them, they leave and then you got to clean up the you're, yeah. you're holding that bag. I mean, who knows what, you know, that they, they caught a sunroof hose or they you know they yes fucked up this sensor or that or or whatever. I mean how how what's the worst case scenario? Like how bad has it gotten for you on that end where you had callbacks or comebacks
1: uh I'll tell you I'll tell you two stories. One is one that still haunts me that I'm waiting to come back. Um another one is and I really I've always had good R&I guys and I have found that and this will probably piss off a lot of technicians on here, but it's okay. I'm, I'm being realistic. People are going to be more able to find, you know, damage or discrepancies when it comes to r If their headliner's scratched or something along those lines, something's not plugged in, that's when they're going to come back. I mean, there's plenty of hacks out there getting away with the actual PDR portion of the work. So you know, if you're not a trained eye, a lot of times you can get away with some bad PDR, but you can't get away with bad R and I. And I had a, I had a, a guy who was a, he's now a broker himself, but he started out as R and I, and I delivered this Lexus Coupe. I can't remember the exact numbers on it, but it was a, had a sunroof on it, and I found uh, three of the brackets that hold the sunroof. I found them in like sitting on a table and he never installed those. So that car is somewhere in this, you know, country barely hanging on to life with that sunroof. And I can't imagine if there's water damage or whatever. It's never come back, but that's, that one haunts me because I know it's out there. Um, I've never had anything come back PDR wise. I've never had a a customer ever complain about our actual dent fixing. I've just Uh had, I've just had
0: RNI issues. uh Oh, hold on! I didn't have my laptop plugged in. I just got a battery alert. Uh-oh. If we go, if we go, if we go zero dark thirty, it's all my fault, guys. I apologize. It's plugged in. Everything looks good. All but right. to, to
1: that guy's point, yeah, we, you know, we always have technicians that are, you know, I'm, I have a good, I have a really good eye for, for dents. It's that's my main. I look for dents. And I can see bad work, and so most of the technicians we've had—if they have a bad tech, they don't last long. So yeah, you get what you pay for, it, just like that guy said.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So R and I is is the crux of it, uh, it would, when it comes to comebacks. Is that? Yes, absolutely.
1: You know, they'll forget to plug in, and that's the problem. It starts with something like that. You know, they forget to plug in the the microphone for the the. Talking through your car and and then that's when it first comes back and then they start eyeballing this and eyeballing that.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. if you give them a reason to yes. think that something isn't right, it's I mean that that's when they analyze every little thing.
1: So. And really I've had more issues coming back with body shops when we have to sub out for you know a broken paint on a rail or something like that and they did a bad job painting you know that's more what i have comebacks on it's never really our actual technicians that have done poor work i've never i've honestly never had that happen
0: yeah i had a guy once leave a uh a, a knockdown it was the the edgy no roll knockdown the heavy steel yeah. one and the guy calls me and he's like there's a weird thumping in my car and i'm like we don't do anything mechanical if you got a a knock in your engine it's it had nothing to do with us exactly. and he's like no it sounds like it's coming from the roof and i'm <laughs> like so i talked to my guy we figured out we had to go over there take down half the headliner and pull out his duct down <laughs>
1: I've left so many that black whale tail from BenCraft. That's about all of oh,
0: the ten inch. Yep, yep. I've
1: left, I've replaced that tool probably ten times. I've left it in so many. I
0: ways. found I found a yellow one one time yes. uh, doing do <laughs> hair. I'm horrible. <laughs> pull that. down the headliner and there's a whale tail stuck in there. You're like, oh. that's yes. well, me too. This thing's uh, not had its cherry popped <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I bet I'm sure i can't say for sure but i i bet a dollar i've left one in there too so So,
1: i'll tell you the other thing is that we had you know this was our third time at the same place it's held in college station three the last four years and we've been fortunate enough to be called back in the same spot and we're fixing the same cars over and over you know i plug it into you know our software system and it's showing me that we've repaired this car twice already you know and I don't know. Some of these storms have been pretty bad out here, and, and you can see where the technicians have worked once you put it under a light. And so sometimes I'm like, damn, how did we get that by? You know, but a lot of times that's just trying to get through the, the brunt of the storm and get it back to the customer. So thankfully they can't see as good as we can.
0: Yeah, yeah. Everybody's chiming in. Everybody loses tools. Yeah. Mo, Nick. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. It, it is. Definitely definitely a thing you know they don't wear out so at least you know
1: i tell you the one thing about r9 guys too and i hate it is because when you finally get a good r9 guy train they 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 start pushing yeah and it's funny we did the uh we did the wholesale lot for this dealership were was a honda dealership and they had like 300 and something cars and we had a big tent and had like a I think we had 16 techs up there in that tent pounding out. We got it done in 12 days. But the R and I guy that was there, his name's Paul Cook, great I guy. He only likes it, he doesn't really like to do retail, he only likes to do wholesale, but he made the most money. He made more money than all the technicians because he touched every single car. And yeah, so yeah. I told- well,
0: when you have a good R and I guy, gosh dang it, I can't think of the guy that uh, was working at uh Don Cavanaugh's up here. But he is so fucking good. Uh, and uh, shout out to Joey Neal. He was helping us in indie, and uh, man, a good R and I guy is fucking priceless. Priceless, man. They are. Yeah,
1: and I had a and, really good one. His name's Chris Ramos. He was he was an R and I guy in sixteen, and he's been kind of with me the whole time. And you know, he learned started learning to push in seventeen, and now he's just a full blown technician. Doesn't want to. I anymore and so now it's like you got to start back over from scratch and that sucks because he's fantastic yeah. he's fantastic wrench. he's a fantastic guy all the way around but you know <laughs> kudos to him for learning the trade and bettering himself but a, a good I guy can make some money
0: oh yeah most definitely most definitely and and they're priceless and you know what i was i was helping joey you know he was he's been wanting to push for a while i met him at a at a real world pdr workshop and he ended up just being the rni guy at the storm mm-hmm. and uh so yeah he was you know he was working on some of the uh gimme dents like i don't know if you do you do you do, you do this like a hail car will come in and it'll have a, a crease on the quarter panel or something like that and you you just throw that in as as a as an extra
1: I hate to do it, but yes, of course we do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I think that's pretty common. Uh, Yeah. So to touch more on that, like what, uh, let's get in, let's get into the bullshit because everybody has varying philosophies on this. And Mm -hmm. when it comes to giving up a deductible, yeah. How do you and where and when do you draw that line? And what's legal? What's not legal? Like I don't, I don't even really know.
1: Well, I I can't say that I'm a lawyer, so anything legally standing, I can't
0: (laughs) coach you. Fair enough. Yeah, consult your lawyers, people.
1: I follow the same Facebook groups and the same everybody follows and talks about. I, I avid reader of everybody's stuff, and you never see me comment. But I know everything that's said about everybody, and you know anybody who's talking about the matrix or deductibles or all of that stuff. I'm, so I'm very in tune with it. Um, I I think in this day and age that there's really no way you can run retail unless you're just catering to the top end. Which more power to those guys. I, I love. I would love to be that guy. I really would. Um, but if you're fighting the actual good fight of trying to stay employed and. And, you know, from a realistic standpoint, you're already fighting cash back and all the gimmies and all that stuff to, to not waive a deductible is you're, you're good luck, you know? Yeah. I know there's well, guys out there that are going to comment on this and say, oh, we do it all the time. Great. Good for you. I wish I, I, wish I could do it better. And usually in the front of the storm, those customers that really want to get their cars fixed, those are the guys that we're going to get their deductible. You know, they understand it, you know, and, and a lot of it sometimes is, is how much money people make, you know, or demographic, you know, those are the kind of things that you'll get, but when you when you're getting into the the softer side of the storm and you're still trying to make money, you know, these people have heard everything, no deductible, you know, free rental, get you a TV, you know, here's a 1000 cash back, whatever it may be. There's a yeah, there's no way you can't waive the deductible. But I fortunately have only given cash back one time and that was this year and I hated doing it, but I was already stuck in the middle of this claim. And the guy told me that since he didn't have a deductible, another company told him they were giving five hundred bucks. And I'd already paid a guy to write the car up and I already sent it off to the insurance, everything. So I said, Screw it, I'll give you five hundred bucks. But that's why that's kind of where I draw the line. I don't want to get into that particular part of the game. But then again, I've never run full retail where you know them guys, that's what they're doing.
0: And it's yeah. I don't want to say you know, no, but, you know, that has been, my stance has always been like, you have an, ins- you have an insurance policy. Your insurance policy says you're responsible for the deductible. Mm-hmm. And my stance personally here for gray up dent repair, I don't waive deductibles. It's, yeah. it's, it's not happening. I have to draw that line. Uh, when I go work for other people, um, I've, I've seen it, I've, I've done it. I, I understand it. And like, especially when I was in Texas, um, I mean, I don't know if we would have got car one without it because that what's really unfortunate is that that customer base The public has been trained that they can get it done without paying their deductible. And uh, I I think the only guy I know in Texas that refuses to do that is uh, Michael Hedrogo over at Heavenly Hail. And, uh, you know, he he posts (laughs) he he posts furious posts about it and You know, I know it's it's a point of contention, but I also know that people are out here working, they've traveled halfway across the fucking country, and they're they they need dents to push. That's why they're there, that's why they traveled all that way, and a lot of people are doing it. It's unfortunate, but a lot of people are doing it, and you have to do what you have to do to get the work in the door. So I'm not the, it, I'm
1: not the one that's the first one to be like, "Hey, we'll waive your deductible, We'll waive your deductible." I try to get the money first and foremost, but then if they're like, "Well, what are you going to do with my deductible?" and if it's going to mean that you know we're not going to get the car, and somebody else is going to get it. You know, maybe I'm not doing the right thing, but there's no way we can't. We would be out of business.
0: Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, and. I, I don't fault anyone for it. Like I used to, I honestly used to have this stance before, before I went to Houston and really understood what was going on. It was, it was bonkers. And uh, I was like, Oh, well, if you gotta get, you gotta do what you gotta do. Like if, if we're going to lose this car over $500, keep it here. Cause otherwise I'm going to go back to the hotel room and you know, I, I mean and that shop's not going to
1: pay for itself, you know. You got to yeah. all that other stuff and
0: yeah. You know I, I like think. I like Judge Judy. I like Mori Povich as much as the next guy, but I went down there to fucking make money. So yeah. for if we if we got to lose 500 bucks, we got to lose 500 bucks and uh it's it sucks. It's uh it's an unfortunate part of, about it all, but it is what it is. And- but you know, in
1: all reality, like I'm all in favor of not doing it. And of course I love the money, but you know, it's like we've had two decent storms in the Dallas market and I refuse to chase in that market. Cause you want to talk about a condition to market. You know, I've got a buddy up there that had eight cars that he sold door to door and he goes back and check on them. And it's because one neighbor told him, just wait, somebody else will come around with a better deal. And of course that guy with the thousand dollar cash back comes, and they, they're not—they're literally handing them a thousand dollars cash right there to get, you know, take possession of the car. And I mean, you want to talk about shitty? Then I, I that's where I get, you know, drawing the lines of illegal. Then I could
0: give you a custom. Oh, that's out. yeah, that's above and beyond illegal, and and really you everybody, know. and everybody wants to bitch about the
1: insurance adjusters
0: and and the matrix
1: and all this, but these adjusters know that these guys are doing this. So why are they going to have any pity on us as an industry to raise our prices when, when, you know, let's say 50% of the majority of hell chasers are out here giving away the farm to begin with.
0: Yeah. And oh, so
1: that's yeah. a, that's a dead end run there. And so to yeah. so clean up our own industry, we can't really bitch about what they're doing.
0: Yeah. It's a fucking shame. It really is. And, uh, uh I mean, We, we're cutting our own throats is really what's happening. And if these guys don't stop with all that, they don't. I mean, it's it's short sighted and it's greed and it's. It's not going to pay off in the end, so uh, it's, a,
1: it's a terrible business model. You know, they're working purely off volume. That's the only way you can really justify that, especially if you're waiving a thousand dollar deductible and then giving a thousand dollars back. Yep. You, know, you want to talk about a shitty place to work? You know your technicians better be it, because you got a salesman involved in that too, and then you've got the the broker, and then you've got the technician, or maybe it's just a salesman, to technician portion, but somewhere in there, somebody's getting cut out a lot of money, two thousand dollars on a five thousand dollar claim. You know that's a huge percentage.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, and that's why I don't do it here. There's just no way I could, because I'm not going anywhere and I'm not, I'm not, if somebody does decide to do business with me, it's going to be because they want good quality, good service, all of that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to be, I don't want to be the cheap guy. So, you know, if you're running your own business in your own town, and you're giving away deductibles, you are seriously screwing yourself because you're training your customers to expect to get money off or money back or however far you're going. It's it's only going to continue to get worse. So, you know, if you...
1: At yeah, can- the bottom, that's what they always say, you know, and that's exactly what it is.
0: Yeah. There's- and
1: especially then you bring in the saturation of the market as far as tech training, And then you're only, I mean, you take a guy that's used to making 50, 60,000 a year and he can make a hundred thousand at 25%. You know, it's only going to continue. And that's where, you know, we touched on this yesterday as far as like what I would recommend to technicians is to to get used to that PDR power box, get fluent with that to where you can fix the big damage. Cause those are the guys that are going to be able to make the money. Cause that's so valuable to me. You come in and you can fix a roof that's got, you know, fifteen big shots on it, and you can do it in a time, oh, yeah. time. That's priceless. You know, you're getting yeah. up, you're getting past that fifty percent mark. You're getting into that sixty percent mark because it's worth that to get that car in and out and get the next one in.
0: Oh yeah. Well, and I cursed the fucking skies when it. I mean, the the 2019 storm here was so fucking bad. Like, I don't. There was I don't know three four or more dents on every fucking car that needed to be zapped with the power Mm -hmm. PDR box. Like, I mean, I, I never seen anything like it. And, uh, but I got good with the PD, the power PDR box. I got, you know, I got enough experience in that storm that, um, I'm not really scared. Anyway, I, I used to see, you know, the the hail shots from Texas and shit, and be like, "Yeah, I'm not not going you know, there. not doing that." But after that storm, I was like, "Ah, you know what? It can't get, it can't get much worse." And yeah, uh, yeah it's paid dividends. I mean, that experience is priceless. And I would t- I would say to anybody, yeah, if you have that opportunity, get get it to learn that kind of stuff definitely take it and uh you know even if you know you're in a storm i had this in Indy too like you know there was not as many huge dents but uh there was a few and you know there was guys that have never used a power pdr box and and you know they were right there and uh they're good guys guys i know and i was just like oh yeah well i'll show you how to do it and you know we we had a a few hoods that we kicked and you know we let them fuck around with it burn some paint and have some fun and uh yeah that if you're gonna learn a power pdr box uh, that's how i would recommend you starting is on a hood that's being that's going to be replaced anyway and and mm. learn you know learn where that burn some paint burn, burn. some fucking paint get I'm that so magic in smoke it. in the sky you don't know where that limit is until you push it all the way. So yeah, And yeah, really yeah. Even,
1: the, even the hot boxes too, you know, when you get in,
0: Oh, Hey, Don Cavanaugh's in the house. Don, what's the name of your, uh, your R and I guy, if you're willing to divulge, uh, <laughs> I, fr- I forget his name. He's such a fucking cool guy and such a great R and I tech. Uh, we were, we were talking earlier about the power of a good R and I tech. So, uh, If you want to put it out there, cool. If not, I understand. But, uh, yeah.
1: Any of those machines that help you, you know, really, if you, if you look, I talked to Mick over there and from Australia one time, you know, and, and the model that they're going to with the insurance going to the PDR companies first, how amazing would that be for our industry here? And if we can sit there and salvage roofs and, you know, whether it's written for replacement or not, when you can actually tap on that metal and it doesn't move and it's, you know that that would be huge for us if we could continuously do that we could reshape the whole industry in terms of when it hails it comes to us we fix 90 percent of the car we kick that hood and and we go about to the next one and and that's that's where i hope the industry goes because that means everybody's gonna have oh yeah
0: and i think it is going that way more and more and more brick and mortars are are coming up and uh you know we we have to do everything in our power you know to to get the the paintless dent repair education out to the public at large so that they know they need to go to the PDR shop before they go to the body shop. And, you know, I mean, that's whatever it is. I mean, depending on your area, it's 25% here, 30% in some cases. I'll tell you the greatest uh- thing,
1: when College Station got hit the first time in 18... 18- they hadn't seen a hailstorm there in 20 years. We had body shops at 5%, 10%. Yeah, that was great. Guess what? Nice. 2021, when it hit there for the third time, they're at 35, 40%, you know, they're they're catching on quick. So, when you get those places that haven't seen hail for a while, it can be really really beneficial, but anybody that knows is I have a question for you. What what is your take on Napdirt and how they can really help us? And I'm going to grab a beer while you think about that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, uh Napdart or uh the National Alliance of PDR Technicians is a uh a group that that works in uh man, I'm I'm really going to chop this up but but Napdart they work with lawmakers, they work with insurance companies and you know, they're 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 putting forward the the legal steps to to protect us as pdr technicians and ensure that that we're not getting fucked more or less Mm -hmm. um i'm sure god how can i not think of their names i'm sure those guys would be unimpressed with my description of napdar but uh I pay my dues every year. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, honestly, when I was first introduced to NAPDART, I was probably, you know, halfway to the legal limit. And whatever they said, probably 80% of it went over my head. But uh, I tell you what, I, I really do see and believe that these guys are, are working for us and, uh, and and trying to make a difference in our industry and uh, uh, I've I've supported them ever since the, the first time I met them so
1: yeah I'm a, I'm a big believer in the idea of it you know I don't I don't know enough about our actual it's basically a unionization is kind of the way it is and I'm not a huge union guy but I think that in this particular thing, you know, we always bitch about the matrix and we always want to talk to, we always want to talk to the adjusters or well, the adjusters just doing their job. You know, there's nothing that the adjuster can do with it. Right. They can make judgment calls, but they got to answer for those from an audit from their bosses. And so until we can actually get on the steps of state legislative bodies that actually write the rules for insurance, we're, we're really just yelling in an echo chamber about this stupid matrix. And I agree it needs update. It needs updating.
0: Obviously. Yeah. Oh, I read the Minnesota laws and I should really print them out and post them on my fucking wall here because uh it is absurd. The law actually states that uh an insurance company is supposed to try to steer the customer to one of their recommended body shops like the wording is very specific, but it's it's like something you would read out of a fucking sales manual,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it's it's uh, an assumptive close of trying to get people to go to their preferred body shop, right? Um, yeah, I I should really I should really print that up and have it here because and the, and the thing know. that we're
1: fighting is that you're fighting these huge subsidies of insurance companies that lobby these and you know these legislatures unless we truly combine which way i like i like nabdirt i like that yeah i wish more people would put more money into it i wish we would get body shops involved in it because they're losing money at the same time all these places we could put money and actually have some weight behind us then we could probably lobby a little bit harder but until we do that that's where i get frustrated with the constant this matrix sucks this insurance sucks this, this, and this, and nobody really wants to do pony up 500 and after pony up a thousand. Let's get it really going. Let's have some actual representation from that place. And we could actually maybe make something happen, but to just yell at that one adjuster that comes out to your car really at the end of the day, isn't doing nothing for nobody.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and a lot of guys just fucking roll over too. That's the yeah. other thing, you know, they just, uh, well, okay, well you do what you gotta do. You know, I'm, I'm here in my garage. I'm yelling at fucking adjusters in my garage. I feel like I have zero ground to stand on because I'm not in a commercial setting. And, you know, they could probably fucking shut me down. I don't, you know, I haven't looked into the exact details of, of what that legally is. But, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to, to stand your ground when you're on residential ground, not on commercial ground. So well, really like
1: when you're trying to stand your ground with the insurance, obviously there's the stories about, you know, yeah, we waited out 15 days or 20 days and they finally caved and they gave it to us. But from a production standpoint, when you're really trying to get cars in and out and you don't want to piss your customer off because at the other end of that phone line, the customer is hearing from their insurance, how we're not being reasonable and blah, blah, blah. And no matter what you're telling the customer, they're hearing two sides. So if you have a great relationship with your customer and you can, you know, you can continue that, that's one thing. But if you can't, then you're really stymieing your own business because then they're going to go back and, you you know, a lot of word of mouth. Then all of a sudden, well, my car took a month because they couldn't work with the insurance guy. I should have just gone to the preferred vendor. And so it's almost like a double-sided sword that we're shooting ourselves in the foot with sometimes with that.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, Absolutely. But yeah, I just pulled up the website for Napdart and mm-hmm. uh I just want, you know, anybody that hasn't heard of it or is unaware of it, guys go go check it out, go sign up. I mean, they're they're fighting for us as an industry and uh it's uh but it's important. Like
1: a person that's willing to, you know, like I saw that post, uh, I think it was who's that? Uh, Rice Rockhill he's coming out with that new way of riding cars, which I'm in favor of whatever. If you've got that kind of tenacity to want to do those kind of things, position, position Mike Wall about representing your state or, you know, those kind of things. Let's get get an actual thing together that's actually really doing something rather than just posting on Facebook to each other. It's, it's just, it's an echo. Yeah. Ch-
0: oh, absolutely. And, you know, there there's so much more that, could and should be done, and you know we've got we've got a lot of we got a lot of growth ahead of us as an industry, and we really need to control that narrative because if we're gonna let if we're gonna let the insurance company control that narrative, then um, you know we're gonna we're gonna end up we're gonna end up like the body techs. and you know like here. So- Here in Minnesota, uh, an hour of body work is, I think we're up to 60, 63 is the highest I've seen, but we're 42, we're 42. Yeah. I mean, it's just fucking hogwash. It's bullshit. And you know, you know where the, the highest paid body techs are? where's that they're in small fucking nowhere towns because because those guys say fuck you i ain't doing it for that but when you get it the the bigger populated areas everybody fucking rolls over and they're willing to say okay well i guess i gotta do it for that because that's all you're willing to pay and and they just keep driving that price down 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 it's fucking bullshit you go to a, a dealership you know the the mechanics there are making you know 150 180 whatever it is and a body tech I, I mean anybody can argue you know the the necessity of a body tech as compared to a mechanic but we're working just as hard and and there's an art factor to it and everything else and you know paintless dent repair obviously is in my in my mind sorry to any body techs out there but in my mind it's a step above a body tech because we're we're saving those panels we're we're you know we're saving the the factory finish we're all of the benefits that come with pdr so if we're going to let the insurance companies push us around in the future, uh, yeah, it's 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 not going to be good. So, uh,
1: What do you think about the uh, this? You know, I, I was kind of, and this is just my opinion, and I hope I don't offend anybody, but I was kind of appalled. And I understand why Kiko's doing it, but they started doing these body shop trainings. For their glue and all that you know and when i was a route tech i made good money going to body shops and pulling out dents and things of that nature and it's almost like they're taking our industry and handing it right back to the body shop mm-hmm. and if you can you know, everybody knows that pdr the last 10 15 percent of the detail is where you make your money but those guys are going to get there you know they continue to keep trying and they get a set of tools you know then all of a sudden every body shop has an in-house pdr guy that's making body shop wages. It's only going to drive our prices down even further. And and what's to come about that?
0: Well, um, let me first start off before I give my opinion. Uh, obviously I make PDR tools Mm -hmm. and, and dent reaper glue tabs are part of those. And I'm a partner with Kiko. Mm -hmm. So, um, Everybody will, you know, just I, I just want to be 100% transparent. And, you know, when I say this, it is it is what I really think. But, um, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to fucking pull any punches. So I think and I took uh, I, I have the fucking I'm looking at the certificate on my wall right here. That I took the training that Kiko gives to their body shops. I went down there and attended one of the training courses and they're not training people how to do pdr they are they're training body techs how to save panels Mm -hmm. and you know they're they're roughing it out they're getting it close enough for glue or or for you know to be glazed and painted so they're they're really they're training how to save panels because when you're using the, you know, the classic stud gun welding studs to the panel and pulling them out and grinding it off. Uh They're, you know, they're damaging the e-coat. Like, everything Kiko is training body shops to do is basically replace that stud gun and quit fucking ordering panels that you don't have to reorder and replace. So, um uh, I think it's only going to help our industry because these body techs are going to realize they're learning how to get shit to like 60, maybe 70%. Mm-hmm. And then they're glazing over it and painting it. So when they see a, 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 a skillful PDR tech come in there and get it to 100%, it's it blows their fucking minds. I was in that training, and it, <laughs> Chris put me on a car, and I glue pulled about half of it, and then I went to the tool wall and just exactly. I grabbed a, I grabbed an R4 and I grabbed a, a couple Reaper tools, and I finished that thing out, you know. And I wasn't I wasn't even happy with it at the end, but uh, you know, all the body guys were standing around like, "Holy fuck! How did you do that?" <laughs> And, uh, you know, so I don't think it's, I don't think they're going to eat our lunch. I think it's going to make them appreciate us more.
2: Nice.
0: Uh, so that, I mean, that's my two cents. That is, I mean, what I experienced down there and kind of what I really think, uh, I've heard a lot of people concerned about the same thing. Yeah. So, and obviously I'm biased, like, like, well,
1: you've had the training. You, you, you have an investment in it. So I understand. I just, I was curious what your take would be on that because, and I, I have not been to any, I have really seen anything about that online either, but I was at, I think it was at Hampton's deal when they were talking to some of the technicians about partnering up with selling it to body shops. And I was thinking to myself, man, I would never do that to my body. I, that would like cut my money, like pretty substantially sometimes. Cause I go in there and put a glue tab on it myself and save the panel. And I would sit there and eat a sandwich and make them think that I spent longer on it than I did, and and bill them, you know. And so I didn't know how that was really going to affect our industry. And from a hail standpoint, if they're if they're if they're getting that close, and then they can get to that final stage when it does hail in their areas, you know what? Yeah. What are we
0: I mean, there's been a, a, an influx of body guys coming into being PDR techs for a number of years now. It's a, it's a natural progression, uh, you know. I don't know if uh, Corey Nichols is still watching, but he was he was a former body tech that, you know, he saw the PDR guy and thought it was you know a, a better trade for him, and that's what he pursued, and he. He came a really fucking good tech and he does great work. And uh yeah, yeah, he's still here. He says PDR is way better. But <laughs> but I think he would attest that it's not a fucking easy road. And you know, maybe maybe one percent or probably even less than one percent of body techs are gonna are gonna fully make that leap into right. being a full-time PDR tech. And-,
1: and I think there's some truth to that because I think I, I, I told you this yesterday, you know, I've I've had seven or eight guys that have wanted to learn this trade and I've, I've yet to have one complete the training, you know, they always, and I'm not the one that's going to train you for three weeks and charge you 5,000 and send you on your way. You know, I want to make sure that you could actually make a living at it when you're done. And I've, I've yet to have one successfully trained. So yeah. Yeah. True to that.
0: Yeah, and Corey says it took him two to three years, self top. And did, did you do any of the online training and stuff, Corey? Uh, I feel like you did. I, I heard you on another podcast. So, uh, forgive me if my memory's a little fuzzy tonight, bud. <laughs> uh, we got a Facebook user says, uh, makes sense. But if Kiko teaches them how to use a light board... I would think that's an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And no. I mean, just because you can look into a light board and, and doesn't mean, doesn't mean you're going to be able to glass a fucking debt. And,
1: uh, I'll tell you this for, for truth. I, I grew up on lines. I I was trained on lines. My dad's a line guy. And when I first started, all these hell techs came in and they brought these, you know, standard LED lights in. And I was like, what is this, you know? And, And I've slowly trained myself to use that, but there was no way that right away that I could figure out that because I was so accustomed to lines that that light board was, was not speaking to me and I'm, you know, a pretty proficient technician at that time. So I can attest to that a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it takes time and it takes, I mean, you gotta have the fucking want to like, there's, there's nothing else. I mean, All the information is out there already. It's on YouTube. It's, I mean, you can sign up for, you can sign up for real, real world PDR. You can sign up for Dent Trainer. You can, you can pay whoever, however much, you know, depending on what you want to do. But the, the access to the information is available and it's, it's not super expensive. What is expensive is your time, tools, what <laughs> tools, and and uh your patience. Like there is nothing in the fucking world that will test your patience like learning how to fix a dent. And if somebody makes it over that hump, mm-hmm. then then fuck it. Welcome in, bud. You made pleasure. it. Oh, yeah. I mean I, that's the way I see it. Like if you got over that wall, then, then you're in my camp. And you, I mean, you're one of us. In 2016,
1: I learned how to play the piano. And I tell people all the time that one you're like, Oh, you make all this money, yada, yada. let me, let me learn how to do this. I'm like, go learn to play the piano first. If you can figure that out, then come try PDR. Cause it is literally the most, it's the most challenging thing I've ever learned in my life. And I had a full-time teacher my whole life you know and so i can't imagine those guys that are still trying to keep a job and learn and train in their garage and and how they keep it's funny
0: i oh yeah i mean i when i learned i was on unemployment thank you obama uh anyway we won't get into that but uh i was on unemployment and uh i mean i sat The first fucking day I sat in my garage on a practice hood and I pushed for 12, 13 hours. I had been watching DVDs, the fucking PDR coach DVDs that A1s used to sell. Maybe they still sell them. Uh, But I pinched my ulnar nerve and the next day I woke up and I could not feel these two fingers. And I almost quit. And, uh, I looked at, you know, my buddy who was, you know, bringing me in. And I just said, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the chiropractor, see what he says and I'll figure it out. But I don't know if this is for me one day and I can't feel my hand. Like that's a red flag, (laughs) but yeah, my chiropractor is like, ah, you just pinched your ulnar nerve. It's not a big deal. You know, you're just not used to that shit. And, uh, yeah. I was, home,
1: I was home in my little neighborhood. and There's only 400 homes in this neighborhood. And I was walking with my wife around the block. She was pregnant. in some walks. And it was getting kind of dark. And I heard the undist- undistinguishable sound of somebody tapping on a knockdown. And I, I went, what the fuck is going on? And I see this garage door open. And I just walk up there. And I see a guy training on a trunk. And he's got a man, a archaic light with one black strip on two, you know, fluorescent bulbs. And I talked to him and he said his father in law was been a long time tech in the area and he's learning. I said, Well, cool, man. I can't believe I'm in a neighborhood with another technician. And I came back from that storm that I was chasing, and I think it was probably two months later, and I hit him up. I said, How's training going? He's like, Oh, I gave that shit up. (laughs) <laughs> yeah That's i kind of figured you were probably doomed with that light you were using i mean like that was, that was yeah. hard man. yeah and i offered him some some other technology that we have you know nowadays to make it easy but he was so fried from it that he was just done
0: yeah 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 it's i mean like i say it's a it's a fucking grind and if you make it over the hump you, you you're in uh, Facebook user wants, to know. I've started pushing in 2010. So, uh, coming up on a a dozen years, crazy, crazy. Oh yeah. Nick says he almost quit three times, 16 months before he built his first dent. Yeah. My, f- <laughs> my first dent that I was supposed to bill on, you know, I had the estimate, the work order, all that shit ready to go all written up on, on my paper. 75 bucks to fix a fucking a dent, I would charge at least 150 wholesale for now. Um uh, but uh but well it's not really a body line, the curve. You remember those old infinity g 37s? Yeah, they had that kind of curved body line. So I'm I, it's a it was the rear door, and I got it real close, and I'm just just getting the last little bit out, and I went in through the wiring harness just to just to just to clean it up and fucking boom broke the glass smashed the fucking window uh, first car I built on and uh, yeah it was it was about a wash for the window so uh, yeah. yeah didn't make was, any money that day but
1: when I was training under that advancing my trainer on that guy in college one of the first cars he let me work on alone was like in Seven BMW or something like that, and I put the wedge in the door to just put the shield in, and I shattered that glass right away on that. And that's before I learned about laminated glass. And shoot, that would have been two thousand and seven, something like that. And that was a twelve hundred dollar glass. And that guy was
2: great
1: for it because he knew I was in college and didn't have the money, and you know, so that was got to oh, learn yeah. it. It was the hard way.
0: Yeah, this guy says a first day training at Dead Wizard. He asked his roommate to take him to the hospital because the pain was so bad. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't doubt it. It's crazy, crazier shit's been said for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is, I mean, the comments will go on forever. Everybody, when we start talking about this, it's like you you think back to what it took. Yes to get and now it I mean if you've been doing it for whatever pick a time frame everybody's a little bit different where that line is where you just kind of go into fucking autopilot mm-hmm. but from from zero to autopilot is a different time frame for everybody and it's a I don't care if it's 1 year I mean, i I guess I've heard shorter time frames, but I feel like for me, it was more like about the three year mark where I was real comfortable with just about any situation, but getting to that, getting to that point is so painful that if you make it to that point, I feel like, you know, it's, uh, and
1: it's that's an amazing all, thing. back to the topic of this whole show, being a, being a tech broker uh that's where you have mercy on technicians where you don't want to gouge them because you know what it's taken everybody to get there and you're paying for a you know years and years of skill whereas your brokers who have never pushed it in their life you know they just think you can do it like that because you you know they see you do it like that and they think it's easy but they don't know the grind
0: no definitely not wow nick stark you started in 99 Uh, this Facebook user was class of 2002 for you guys. Yeah. Uh, crazy, crazy stuff. There was one comment we got to get into here. If I can find it again, man, oh man, we, the comments have been rolling. Uh, yeah. So here we go. I mean, you thought it was bad when I was bringing up, uh, Uh, deductibles but this guy wants to know uh, he says I got in late did you talk about pricing and percentage cuts so I don't know that we really got into that but uh, I think it's uh, probably the number one question for anybody considering chasing hail and uh, it's uh, obviously a variable deal like so obviously you've got Either your your body shop or your dealership that they're going to want to cut
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, a broker. I mean, obviously you got to get paid for your time, and and there's there's sales guys, there's tax, there's R and I tax. I mean, how do yeah. how do you how do you take that pie and spread it out so everybody's happy?
1: That's a good. That's a great question, and really like. In the 2016 storm where I cut my teeth, I was so – and I go back to what Shane you know, was talking about, being tech-minded to managerial-minded to entrepreneurial-minded. <clears throat> the first storm I ever worked, I was paying the tech 60% of the whole ticket. And we were giving the body shops 25%, so that left 15%. I took 10 from for all that I did, and that left the actual guy who had all the accounts 5%. And he was paying both shops. He was paying the porters to move the cars. He was paying everything. And so he really never came out. That's my father. You know, he never came out ahead at all. in the most massive storm that ever hit his city. And a lot of those techs still work for me today. And, and I don't fault them for taking advantage of a great situation for them. You know, it, it, it happened. And But I was giving them 60% of the parts. You know, I didn't know. I didn't know anything. You know, nowadays it's a lot different. And as a as the actual, we'll say the manager of of the storm for American Hill Solutions, I don't I'm, I make a salary from my company. You know that, so it doesn't really affect me much. But I'm also building a company. You know what I mean? That's, and I hope one day sells for somebody. Somebody wants to buy it if they go to like the Australian market where there's like one or two or three guys that are really handling everything. and, and that's kind of where we're trending. And I hope somebody buys me out. That's what I really want. I want my numbers to look good from a company standpoint. Um, so pricing, I if I'm providing the R and I guy, I'm taking the R and I money out. And I'm paying him, and I pay my R and I guys well. Like the guy that was he would make the same percentage of tech would make off PDR off R and I. And that saved me from those comebacks, you know. And again, I love a good PDR tech, but a great R and I tech is more important to me because I won't see those cars come back ever again. Yeah. Um, I haven't had many salesmen yet. Like I said, I've hired two full-time that are on salary. So my percentage to PDR, I, I, you know, really 50% on the PDR side is pretty standard down here. It, it's really getting lower, really. 45, 40 is kind of becoming yeah. more the norm for a lot of these bigger brokers that are paying salesmen. Huge percentages. Uh, I stick to 50 Um And that's of the PDR money. Anything that's PDR associated, that's, you know, if it's a replacement panel, you know, you're getting the paint, you're getting everything associated with the paintless dent repair. And if it's R&I, that's going to the R&I guy. And then, you know, I've had it to where everywhere I've gone, we haven't really run with, without a a parent figure, brick and mortar, whether that's a body shop or or a dealership. And so their percentages are steep, you know, and if these guys want to continue to work under me and 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 have this, then I mean I could literally get 30 cars in and push it myself, selling myself, fixing myself. I've done everything. I've done door-to-door sales, done it all. I can do that all by myself in a six-month span and make the same amount of money, which sometimes is sometimes the way I looked, maybe that's the best way to do it. Yeah. A lot less pressure.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, that was my philosophy up here. Like I was like, I could I could try to hustle and get a bunch of body shops, or I could just get a handful of cars all to myself and do them. And you know, I actually got more cars than I expected. I had to hire guys to help me. So, um, but but we did
1: we did over nine hundred cars this year in that span. And that I mean, that's nine hundred. That's 900 estimates. That's 900 insurance companies. That's 900 supplements. That's that's you know 800 Ugh. heart supplements that you have to send back. That's 15.
0: 900 supplements. It yeah. sounds like the fucking title of a horror movie.
1: Anyway. <laughs> I that takes, you know how many times I'm on the phone with an insurance company, and I'm listening to that stupid old music. Make sure you shoot yourself. And so yeah, I get. You know, I, I don't want to discourage or discredit technicians on what they do because it's a huge part of it. But sometimes they don't understand how valuable that side of it is. Oh, yeah. And so what I try to do to make up for that is we try to write the cars as high as we can and try to get as much money as we can. And, and i tell you uh, one thing that I stress on technicians, they always come in at first and they hate it. But then I find that they're doing it later on in their own situations. We fix quarter glasses. We fix high-end moldings. I mean, there may be one dent on a quarter glass is 500 bucks. That pays more than the damn hood paid. You know, you got to find ways to make extra money on each car and that makes money for everybody. And if we ain't got to wait on the part, that's even better. So if you yeah. get a call that sucks, that you don't really worry about, practice on them moldings. They're not hard to fix. They glue pull easily and, and make that money. And like a, one time... I had a great technician fixing a, a Ford Mustang that had the chrome encapsulated glasses on it, and the whole car was like thirteen thousand dollars in damage, and he fixed the whole car except the encapsulated glasses, and they were seventeen hundred dollars a piece. Took me fifteen minutes to fix them. I made more off those two quarter glasses than he made on the whole car, and so be it, be wary of those things. If you can fix it, fix it.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. The more yeah. Quarter
1: on each car, the better
0: quarter glass is (laughs) uh if you guys haven't started fixing moldings uh look into it that's all that's all i'll say
1: the the stupid toyota cheap ass toyota camry the back upper scalp moldings on the rear doors are 700 bucks a piece yeah that's more than most hoods you're going to get kicked into replacement if you ride a hood over 700 bucks
0: yeah. 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 Nick Stark saying mobile tech. So did, what software do you use to write? Is it mobile tech RX or yeah. I've
1: looked into CCC cause I think that it would be easier to give the insurance company what they already have, but the, the cost differentiation is pretty severe and I'm, I'm pretty good with mobile tech RX that I don't really want to change.
0: Yeah. 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 And you know, I've heard different, different people say different things, but I've, I've heard, interesting stories about using CCC because it is speaking the insurance company's language and you are able from what I've heard and yeah would people listening to this podcast later can't see the stupid look on my face but uh I say this in jest I've I've heard astronomical numbers coming out of you know CCC hail claims So it's piqued my interest. Well, the thing is they
1: can just transfer it over and they don't have to do the work. When they have to read line by line, then they're going to start going, well, we don't pay for that. We don't pay for that.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: They can just update it. And so that is interesting. And then Mobile Tech offered that deal where you can pay a certain amount of money and they'll transfer it and all that. But that's kind of a pain in the ass too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you got to, you got to pick which pains in the ass you're willing to ex- There's so many of them that. Uh, I
1: mean, when you when you got an influx of 15 cars a day, you know, they just, there's times that I hate to say it, but on the managerial side, somebody's just got to cut corners and just try to get everybody fed and get everything out. And that's GSD, where I GSD,
0: baby. GSD. Get shit done. You, yes. I mean, well, when you're in that scenario, and you know, and I, and you you have all those cars coming in, all those insurance agents to deal with, all that shit, and then you have, you know, customer A calling you saying, yeah. "When's my fucking car gonna be done?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm going hunting this fucking weekend. Like I need my, I need truck. my truck.
1: Yes, at the time. <laughs> and any time, well, your insurance haven't approved it yet, dude. You might want to call them first. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I deal with that. And that's – there's so many times, that you know, a lot of times in the beginning of the season, I'm picking the storm that I want, and I'll sit there, and I'll go to a buddy and push for a month. And I'm like, why don't I just go push, man? This is so much more relaxing. I'm just one with the car. I don't have to deal with all the bullshit. Man, when you deal with customers and you got to bite your tongue and kiss their ass every five minutes – I mean, it's just the mental fatigue on this side of the coin is 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 a struggle.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, like I say, I I was doing nowhere near that volume. I think you know, thirty, forty cars, and uh, when it was all over, I mean, I I was so fucking glad it was over. <laughs> yeah. And but I mean. When the insurance checks start arriving, it's pretty, <laughs> it's a nice thing. Pretty. But, and then, but then you reallocate every, You pay this guy that, and this guy that, and this guy that, and you're like, ah.
1: Yeah. And see the, and like this year I'm, I'm really trying. Cause I, I got, I got really upset with how much money the parent company made off of what we did. And they didn't do nothing. The only thing that was so handy about that particular scenario was we had a rental fleet that was pretty sizable. And that was a goldmine because this particular storm enterprise was out, 400 customers, you know, and and when you had that availability, you could land cars right away. And so that was worth a lot. But when they're making a million dollars, two million dollars, whatever it was that they ended up making off that deal, it makes you sick. Because then, you know, I'd love to give that back to everybody. Everybody get a share in that; it'd be nicer. But sometimes yeah. you just gotta take it.
0: Yeah. Well, they got the space. They got the customer base. And got
1: that climate-controlled shop.
0: So Beach. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, that's that's a tough nut to crack. I mean, if if you can if you can get it, that's the problem. As a hail guy you better be damn sure it's going to hail there if you're going to buy that shop. It's, yeah. uh, I don't
1: have a single brick and mortar. I honestly don't have a single client that I service year round anywhere ever. Um, this one particular dealership in college station I've had, I, they call me back this the third time. And so I have a very good relationship with them. And my dad actually drives up there and still does their door ding. So I would say that'd be like the one account that I truly have. Um, but even then, you know, the first year I got him so good, you know, this, now he's getting me. And so it's like, now is it worth it even to stay there? And Should I find greener pastures? You know, so there's always that debacle. You got to debate. and So, it's, it, you know, as from a technician standpoint, don't always hate your brokers. I mean, there's some shitty, shitty, shitty brokers out there that just, they're awful human beings and they take advantage and all that. But there's some good ones out there that are trying to make you money. And they're trying to make themselves a living too, and it's it's not easy on this end.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, how do you uh, when you find new techs? Like you told the story about how how Kyle, you know, made it through the gauntlet of the uh, super inclined shitty (laughs) fucking shop, and and uh, had he, you know, he made it through that, like so much of business as a whole never mind just pdr business but like it's not what you know it's who you know and there's there's phenomenal techs out there that are not getting the opportunities that that probably their skill level warrants um you know what what would you say to these techs like how do you f- How do you find the good broker? How do you find the guy that is actually going to do the right thing by the tech and, you know, not, you know, I mean. I mean, you can
1: honestly, I'll tell you uh, the one thing that I think you could ask anybody that's ever worked for me. I'm not the I'm not exactly the easiest person to work for. I'm not the nicest guy to work for. I'm like, let's get the shit done. I don't. I don't deal with diva problems. I don't want to hear your sad stories of the day, and I don't. I don't have a whole lot of time for that. So if there's somebody that's like shooting you straight and telling you this is what it is, here's the paperwork, here it is. Like those are probably the guys that are going to be more straight coming. Uh, if someone's over there patting your back and telling you how much they love you and all that, that's probably there's probably a reason why they're doing that. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because if you right, just do a right. good job, everybody's going to make money and everybody's going to go home and we'll see you again next year. Uh, but I would say those guys that are really, uh, you know <laughs> – sorry, Kyle.
0: Sorry that. <laughs> That's why I was trying to keep this guy's secret. Ah, I blew up your spot, Kyle. I'm sorry.
1: Maybe they'll expose more guys like us. Maybe they'll – maybe they'll like yeah,
0: yeah. a little bit. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. I would, like
1: and I try to pay on time all the time. You know. Yeah. And that to me is a, a big key and I have got technicians now that have been with me long enough. Like my 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 first calls is Bill is is fantastic, absolute fantastic technician. I can't give him enough praise. You know, he'll be like you you don't have to pay me for a couple of weeks. I know you got to wait for those checks to come in, which allows me to pay the other guys that aren't so fluid in our situation and and so you build those kind of trustworthy relationships that allow you to to facilitate the actual work because those those insurance checks they don't come yeah. in right away, you know. And then you're everybody's up twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars, and I don't have that. Yeah.
0: Hey, I appreciate you giving your guy praise, and and there's guys out there that are going to have that trust with their broker, but I wanna I wanna put the fucking red flag. As high as it fucking goes on this one. If you don't know the guy you're working with, don't tell him. He can pay you later. (laughs) (laughs) I just, just be be fucking care. I've heard so many nightmare stories, and I'm luckily, personally, I have never been fucked over. I've been slow paid, but I've never been completely fucked over. But I've, I mean, I know guys that have, you know, five figure, six figure fucking debts to their broker. And I mean, there's not a ton of fucking recourse because no. if How they go off the, the deep end, you know, the, the money's spent, you know, that, I mean, somewhere. Some fucking drug dealer, hooker, or you know, pick pick whatever dark corner you want, you know, blackjack table. I there's a a lot of addictions that that cost a lot of money and uh they will be fed and you will not be fed if you are not fucking careful. So and on so, the
1: flip side of that, you know, I've I've had this situation with a prominent body shop that I work for a lot, you know they did that on the reverse end on me. They owed me $150,000 two years after we were done. And I already paid out on that. And so I, I'm getting royally fucked on that deal. So it happens on both ends. Sometimes, you know, as a broker, you get, and you've already paid out to the technicians thinking that these people are good for it. And then you got rolled up bad. So it happens all the way around. It's just, yeah. Yeah. You know, so, you know when you meet somebody whether they suck, you know, yeah, well way. yeah,
0: tr- trust your gut for sure. And Nick says chasing heels sounds awful. And you know, my last fucking rant was painted a terrible picture. And bad things can and do happen, but I, I think for the most part, uh everybody is I guess I there's no way to calculate the percentages, but I would say, you know, if if you're above board and you're doing your due diligence, you know, and, and fuck it, have a have a contract. I mean, uh PDR contractors is out there. Have a fucking contract so you have recourse. Like don't just go into shit blind. Uh, I, mean, I, can't I don't
1: say it isn't that powerful anymore.
0: No, yeah. I mean, and I've never had a technician ask
1: me for, you know, present to me a contract. Never had that happen. And I'm not saying it's, it's, it's not something that I definitely want to have happen, but I wouldn't blame them if they, if they came to me with that.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, but you've been in the game long enough. Like I, we touched on earlier, you've got, you've got a Rolodex Mm -hmm. and you've got guys that already, you know, Already trust you already know how you operate. So and I think
1: I think staying off that blacklist is important, you know. I, I don't think that carries a whole lot of weight for anybody really, but I think as as soon as you get on it, like that it's gonna put a oh yeah, you know, and so yeah. I, I should stay off that for six years, and I don't plan on getting on it, it's just it's not worth it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and you know, I mean. That is probably the most seen and least commented on uh, Facebook group in the PDR industry because yeah. everybody's looking, but uh, uh, you know, not everybody says something. So
1: nobody's gonna ever truly burn that bridge. But you know, if you if you get burned by one of those guys that's on it, that's that's probably your own fault.
0: Yeah. Well. Yeah, and you know, yeah, the, to the degree of which you get burnt, like, yeah. You touch that you touch that stove and it fucking hurts. Yeah. Don't keep going back. Like, I...
1: Yeah. I had one technician that told me he never gets in over 20000 without being paid. Like, he'll put his tools down. And I respect that. But for some technicians, that's a week, you know? And so...
2: Yeah. Well, you know,
1: yeah. It's, it's just in how you feel when you're in the situation. And I would say... For, gets some,
0: for some technicians, that's a couple days, man. I mean... I've uh, yeah. You can you can fucking crush it and you know you, you just you gotta you gotta trust the people you're working with. Right. And uh you know, hey, I've seen it too. I know scenarios where it was good in this year, and then the next year people are getting fucked. And yeah. it's uh
1: well the greed gets there. You see how much money's there and and I, I have a close friend that has turned into a broker, and I, I see that that he's going to go down that path at some point. You know, he's going to be – because he sees what he can make and and what the technician side of it's making, and I, I fear for him on that. And, you know, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I would say that's – anybody who's, who's kissing your ass, I would stay away from. You know, anybody who's serious about business and, and trying to get shit done and trying to keep work in front of you, they're probably a good one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you, like, I, I mean, trust your gut is, you know, probably the best three words I can, I can say in this scenario and, you know, vet, vet, vet the, the people you're working for, vet the people that are working for you. Like you have to trust that they're going to do a job, good job and they have to trust that they're going to get paid and everybody has to be,
1: and listen to the questions they're asking you, you know, like when I have a technician that asks me, you know, any of the first questions I'm asking them are like, you know, what is your capability? You know, where do you where where are you comfortable with? You know, do you need to see your family regularly? Can you be do you have a family? You know, these kind of questions that way you can plug somebody into a a, a place where they can succeed. If somebody's asking you those kind of questions, I would say they're probably a little bit better off than somebody that's going, well, how much you want to make? What percentage do you want? You know that if that's the first question they ask, eh, they're probably a little bit more on the making money side than trying to run a reputable business. That's that, those are things that I would kind of key in on. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, because long
1: term was... technicians, it's a grind, and you know you. As a lot of times, I feel like I'm a coach and a manager at the same time. Like, I need to manage my players because the burnout factor is is a real thing.
0: Oh yeah. 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 I, got I mean I got weeks. lucky I got lucky my first storm. Uh, it was fast and furious for about two weeks and I was doing 12 hours a day, seven days a week, just grinding and then uh, I mean luckily or unluckily I, it depends on how you look at it. but there was a lull in the work and uh i mean i don't know that might have i might have saved my life but uh it was it was tough for sure but
1: yeah. really never been in, i really know i know guys go in and blow through a storm real quickly like that i that's never the storm i'm looking for i'm looking for the you know three to six month
0: or the consistent, yeah
1: somewhere i don't have to go find another shop and still pay on this shop that i for a yeah. year
0: Well, you know, this was 2020 and it was right after COVID and it was, uh, you know, it was a super weird time and I didn't, you know, I didn't know what to do. And I got the, I got the invite and I said, well, fuck it. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, but if I can be parked in one fucking place and just push hail, uh, you know, we'll figure it out from there. So absolutely uh but you know speaking of you know like finding a good tech and getting the right people on the job uh i got this fucking guy keeps keeps texting me so i thought <laughs> yes. i i thought i'd throw him in here and see <laughs> yeah, what you yeah, get, yeah.
2: what's up I'm gonna buddy? get a
0: beer you guys say hi <laughs> what's
2: up buddy <buddy-buddy>? buddy <laughs> How's it going out there? You got that beautiful view? Yeah, you, you see that storm? It's moving yeah. in right now. Something's like going crazy around here. Is it? You see that lightning? Nice. You guys are sneaky guys, man. I was trying to keep you a secret, Denny. Come on.
1: Uh, I can't let you do that. I can't let you have me out do yourself, Kyle.
2: Uh, well, you yeah. know, you got Bill too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I love you all. <laughs> oh man. yeah, no, watch it, watch uh it. I'm gonna keep it right here just so you guys can see the storm coming in. It's uh lightnings going it's going is there, kind of crazy.
0: Is there any magical frozen uh balls coming out of the sky there?
2: Diamonds in there? Uh, a couple nuts. Not not too many, but yeah, no. <laughs> he said balls. Um Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's uh I wish bring Denny down here. Check this out. Ooh.
0: Love yes. it, love it.
2: Yeah, now nah, storm's moving in here. I think it might hail in Tampa tomorrow.
0: Yeah, yeah. So Kyle, uh, yeah, I mean obviously you work you worked with Denny and his dad over the last couple of years. What uh, have you had any nightmare? broker scenarios, have you have you had a bad deal where you didn't get paid or you got slow paid or you got treated no. like shit?
2: <laughs> well, actually, yeah, you I to get treated like shit from Denny. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> So joking. Hey, I'll tell Damn you, one, time, one morning I walked in and I didn't say hi to Kyle.
1: Yeah. Um, and he came told me and I was like, I'm sorry, Kyle.
2: Yeah, no, I get a little butter sometimes. I'm like, yeah, I worked so hard, but this guy is like, you know, he actually has no drama. Period, and that's uh, yeah.
1: one great that's thing. The best. When you talk about the additives of a technician, Kyle was able to build rapport with everybody in in the facility. Everybody liked him. That's important. You know, when you have a douchebag or a, someone that's a, a cancer, or a problem child, that can really drain everything. But Kyle was able to, you know,
0: he, he he's
1: he's. Seeked it out. You know, he really enjoyed the people that we were working with. I still cute. miss them. I got good sponsor for it. <laughs> when he left and, and left a good taste in the mouth of those people. And, and so that was that's always beneficial. There's a thin line of, you know,
0: oh, yeah. Like and,
1: down, but, but be cordial and, and and friendly with everybody. And that's, that's always a good thing to have.
0: That's a huge, I mean, I've seen it where. You got the pre-Madonna guys, you know, they think their fucking shit doesn't stink, and, you know, this is my area, fucking... Whatever, like... You got to understand that that whole shop is a fucking team, and just because the paint guys aren't doing PDR, you're going to fucking need them down the line, and you're going to need... You're going to need the front office staff. Everybody has to be willing to work together. It's uh...
1: That's the quickest thing that I'll let somebody go for. Is a prima donna's, you know, cancerous type. I call them Terrell Owens, you know, when they come in and they act like fucking Terrell Owens. Like, that's the first thing that gets you to think. I don't care how good you are. You, you're going to cost me a quick ton of problems.
0: Oh, my God. Oh. I You know what? You just made me realize that Paintless dent repair technicians are the wide receivers of the auto body industry. So true. true. (laughs) We get all the fucking glory. We Uh get all the fucking money. It's so true. (laughs) And some of us are just fucking cunts.
1: It's like that. locker room dancers. I mean,
0: it's. Yeah, but, you know, some of us are good. Yeah, uh, uh, most of us are good. Give but, me some Cooper
1: yeah. Cups, you know what I mean? That's what I'm looking for.
0: Yeah, you need the Cooper Cup and the Adam Thielen. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Stefan <laughs> Diggs, you know, he's throwing his helmet. Yeah.
1: You know, he, Yeah, he
0: can fucking score a touchdown, but.
1: Don't give me no Antonio Brown, man. That's that's yeah. what I,
0: Yeah, I can't handle that. Oh, well, I'll take the first three years of Antonio Brown, but not the last however many. Yeah, yeah. you know. You guys, uh, see, you
2: guys see that storm coming in? I'm showing you guys' picks. All we can see do is you, dark and light. Dude, do you see that? It's rolling. And that's the stadium right there, the Buck Stadium.
0: All right, well, is there hail in those clouds, Kyle?
2: I think it might be so. If it does, then it's gonna really screw me over on this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Somebody's but, laughing their ass off at the "to" comment. That's uh, that is pretty good. I I really like that analogy. Uh, I'm gonna probably steal that from you. That's fine.
1: <laughs> Make sure they know designate the one, so I don't I don't get them.
2: So, uh, congratulations, by the way. Your podcast went a lot longer than mine, Denny. So you have a lot more knowledge. Mine was a whole bunch of bullshit. And, uh, (laughs) you know, Dents and Nightmares.
0: Dents and Nightmares. Yeah, (laughs) well, I live. there. We're just here going through the flow, you know. And, uh, yeah, holy shit. I didn't even realize it. It's been two hours. Uh, Denny, I I don't Yeah, been two fucking hours. I just looked up. See you saw. guys
2: see the you guys see that shit? See, we're just having a drink and talking no, but dude, You guys gotta see all these these thunderstorms and everything. It's pretty cool. Kevin Berg, get ready. It's gonna hail in our area. I hope so.
0: <laughs> you heard it here first. Uh yeah, that was the 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 Halloween special, Dents and Nightmares. Oh, we should have saved it for Halloween, Kyle. Oh, well.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least Denny's. Gravy saying, uh, hail we... and
0: hail. <laughs> gravy hailstorm in Tampa. Everybody go. <laughs> <laughs> get ready, <start> <laughs> all right.
2: So let, let me let me let me say something, Don. Okay. So like, when yeah. you guys when you guys get a hailstorm, and the guy has all the gravy, go put some biscuits on his uh, hood before you get there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a good
2: Denny. That wasn't at your story. It was yeah, so a different one. <laughs> I'm in Texas. But we don't
0: have. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> on their way to Tampa right now. A Facebook user. Hey, uh, see all that? Uh, on? <laughs> <laughs> uh, love it, love it, love yeah, it. Yeah, Denny
2: was probably the uh, probably the best person I've worked for. He. Uh, didn't there was no drama? It was it was the weirdest thing. I was like, uh, numbers yeah. right, everything was perfect. But I, you guys are sneaky getting on here. I was like, what the hell? I was trying to keep you, Denny, as a secret. And then you, I what find you guys you? on here. I'm like, what the hell? I'm not you gonna.
1: Uh, I, I I petitioned John about hearing the brother <laughs> side of the nightmare.
0: <laughs> I did. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, well, how did you get my number, Danny? Didn't Kyle give you my number?
1: I hit you up on Facebook. Oh, See, okay. boom. Okay, okay. I did yeah. this. This was all <laughs> for my snow glory. That's what it was.
0: Oh. Well, I think it was a great, great. I mean, I had a great time. I I learned a lot. I I mean, I think it's really good information that there's so many guys out there that consider hitting the hail trail, or they're just dead set on it and they think it's all fucking sunshine and rainbows and puppy dogs and ice cream and you know there's there's a lot more to consider and there's and you know a lot of people like to talk shit about brokers and you know I've I've seen both sides of it and I think it's important that everybody kind of understands that it's not just some guy collected money in the middle. There's a ton of fucking work that goes into it and it. it's necessary. It, it we all otherwise there'd just be a bunch of fucking techs running with their heads cut off and nobody would get and anything more, done. More
1: power to the guys that want to go out and try to get those thirty to fifty cars. You know, that's not a bad gig. I thought about it myself a lot of times. You know, sometimes I miss pushing metal. And and I usually in the storm pushing you know, I've done 17 cars since everybody left this storm, and that's just kind of how I finish out the year. But there's time.
2: I was kind of jealous. I was kind of jealous, didn't I? I was like, "Oh, you still got cars. You still yeah, there, aren't you?" Too. Now I packed up yesterday. Yeah, yeah. No way. Yeah. And it almost hit Collar Station yesterday.
0: Yep. Almost. Yeah. yeah. Almost this Facebook hit. user says it seems like they get the headache for the tech, and yeah. That's uh, that's a good way to say it. I mean... Is is that me? I'm going to hit it. No, no, no. He... (laughs) You know, Denny was... Denny was like your fucking uh, offensive line, and he's letting you be the fucking quarterback. He's blocking... He's blocking customers, body shop owners, dealership owners. He's blocking the fucking insurance adjuster. You just push... (laughs) And I'll I'll take all the heat for none of the fucking glory.
1: <laughs> I'll be a Don King. That that's what I'll, I'll be your promoter.
2: <laughs> yeah, Do you guys yeah, see yeah. that lightning behind me and stuff like that? It's getting kind of crazy. Well, let us know when it when it falls.
1: I'll get a plane ticket. Well, I got seven ticket, years You gotta
0: stuff. bring a trailer full of tools. Shoot. No, he don't have to do nothing.
2: He he, he knows what he's doing.
0: Yeah. Manage that shit. That's right.
1: <laughs> no. I always pull no, my tools no. out at the beginning of the storm, but I don't touch them for
2: till the end.
0: until absolutely necessary. Yep. But yeah, yep. hey. Yeah, yeah. By,
2: by the way, Danny, that that storm was uh, precious. It was, it was awesome. That was a good storm. It was. I was trying to keep it quiet. You know, like. I was like, okay, and this is where the nightmare started, but actually, it you was, were trying uh, to keep a blessing. You're all over
0: Facebook with your D-rim truck and your COVID, <laughs> and your <laughs> that ain't that ain't keeping it quiet, Kyle.
2: <laughs> I I didn't say I didn't say no dealership name. I didn't say uh, no no names. I said Denny, and yeah, then you yeah. found you know that what? out real quick. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't.
0: <laughs> even when you were there, you didn't tell me where you were at. So, uh, uh, I'll give you. Yeah, props you knew for I wasn't. And, yeah, was and we're fucking. <laughs> I we're tight. You knew I wasn't coming to eat your lunch.
2: <laughs> no, you had dinner. <laughs> biscuits and gravy.
0: Uh, no, but yeah,
2: no, I dinner. I cannot wait. Like I hope, uh, I hope you get the biscuits and gravy this year. Because man, this guy runs some awesome hailstorms. Yeah, yeah. Hope, hopefully, cool. he gets.
1: Business hoping, this year we're hoping to run multiple storms this year that's our goal and our scaling so we're trying to put those pieces together and, and that way we can probably you know employ more technicians and spread the spread the
0: love love it love it all right well I don't know guys did we did we miss anything like I, I don't know that I've ever had just a, a two hour podcast on one subject. But is there is there anything we missed that that we need to touch on that we forgot about or? Yeah, you're
2: both very knowledgeable.
0: I was like watching the whole time, and my this wife's like, "Come on,
2: I got on. my wife." My wife's like, "Come on, I got dinner." I'm like, I can't. I gotta watch this. No, 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 no. <laughs> and she's pissed. No, watch this.
0: Watch, watch. Oh, tell what? Anna I'm sorry. Tell Anna what? I'm sorry. I didn't. See I didn't mean what? to sure. screw up your sure. dinner. Oh, sure. oh. see, uh,
2: Danny.
0: Now I feel badly. And
2: she's mad. <laughs> Hi, <Anna. laughs> you see how mad she is?
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's decent. Uh, tell was her I'm sorry. That's,
1: it wasn't yeah. intentional.
0: Yeah, yeah no, I didn't mean no. to, I didn't mean to screw up anybody's dinner. All right, <laughs> uh, maybe I need to put that in the fucking outro. Uh, no,
2: no, it was actually really cool. What you guys are talking about and everything. It actually uh, helped me out too.
0: So yeah, thank well, you for that. I mean, yeah, I hopefully somebody got something out of it, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think it was a great conversation. I had fun, and and uh, yeah, I mean, great to fucking meet you, Danny. Like. We talked for ten minutes the other day and was like, you know what, let's let's do it. save it all for the podcast. And I think it worked out great. He seemed like a great fucking guy. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Give my
2: give my secrets away, John. Come on.
0: If you got an open bay for a couple of weeks, you know.
2: <laughs> hey, stop it!
0: Ho- right. Holler at your boy. Well, holler at Kyle first. I, I, you know, Put me okay. at the bottom of the list. I'm the not that good. Them, for sure. I'm not as good as Kyle for damn sure. There's, there's no <laughs> oh, way.
2: look at did that! You see that? Did you Shocker. see that?
0: Yeah, that's a good one. That so, was
2: huge. Love it. What's up, Dan? All
0: right. Well, hey, if we didn't if we didn't miss anything, I think it's uh, it's probably time for us to sign off and let everybody let everybody get to their. Dinners and their upset <laughs> wives. <laughs> <laughs> but well, yeah, was, I go go. had a great time. I learned a lot. I hope I hope, uh, I hope uh, a bunch of other guys did too. And uh, yeah, if you guys got questions, where you want them, just find find Danny through his website, AmericanHailSolutions uh, Kyle Chase is I chase dents.
1: You can find me on uh, any Dent Tech Facebook page. I'm on all of them, so if you want to be friends, just let me know. I, I'm not really Facebook savvy. I don't, I don't do a whole lot with it, but I'll sure accept a friendship.
0: Cool, cool. And you're you're Denny Douglas on there
1: with two S's. Yeah, we're not half-assed. So, don't,
0: don't double, just... double S it. Yeah. Ah, uh, you know what? In the title, I only put one S. Ah, you, you half-assed me, bro. I uh, what a dick! How dare I? And Denny, uh, you're, you're hey, say hi to your dad.
2: He's awesome, dude. He
1: is awesome. My dad is a pioneer in this industry, and and he's he used to make his own tools and everything before it was cool. So he helped me yeah.
0: out all the time. I be to- with you. <laughs> hey, we'll we'll talk after this, but I'd love to have him on too. Uh, I love talking to the old school guy. Like I get, I have the absolute. Fucking honor of having Don Cavanaugh. He started in '89 here in Minneapolis, and uh, he's been a a great friend and a great mentor for me. He's right in my backyard, and uh, I love talking to the old school guys because they had it hard, man.
1: They had it hard. You know, they were using everything under the moon to try to fix it. Now we have all this great stuff, and they were they were true pioneers.
0: No doubt, yeah. Using PVC pipes for their fucking light board and like,
2: i like say sound guitars.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I still, I still
1: have all my dad's original tools. One day when I do have a brick and mortar, I'm gonna build a little shrine in the showroom with, with, with the originals.
0: Hell yeah, hell yeah. Shout out to all the OGs, OGs, uh, all of you me. everywhere. If you're hearing us, uh, you're probably not but <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what a podcast is, but fucking hey, without you guys, we're fucking nowhere. Uh, so I know Don. Don knows. Don's been on this podcast, and uh, I
2: love Don. Yeah. Hey, Don's one of the best people I've ever met. Hell
0: yeah! He no, uh, there's, he he
2: there's... he welcomed he welcomed me into a uh, you know MTE like real quick. He, he's so awesome. That guy's like. That guy's badass. One of the
0: nicest yeah. guys I met, actually. Yeah. 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 I mean like I said besides you, I'm, John. I'm grateful every day I got Don in my in my backyard and uh he's he's been nothing but fucking awesome to me. So uh hey. love you. you yeah, Donnie.
2: You Kevin Birdman too.
0: Oh yeah. Shout outs to Kevin Birds uh, another Kevin cut Birdman. cut from the same cloth. These guys are awesome and uh thank god they're out there because you know, especially in the early days, like everything was shrouded in mystery and you weren't supposed to talk to people and all that shit. I can remember and, my, you know, mom
1: te- my mom would tell me when I go to school, don't tell anybody what your father does. Yeah, they can't know because it was shrouded in mystery. And I can remember like people would walk by my dad while he was fixing the dent and he would stop.
2: Yep. And That's how dentists. I was trained. I was yeah. trained. I heard, to- I, heard, I heard they had a tent, a tent yeah. around it. To where yeah. no one could watch. I mean, my dad
1: was out in lots, but I mean, he would stop what he was doing, and you, they, people thought because he was a line guy, he had three lines on a fluorescent bulb, they would think he was putting off heat from that light, and he would make all kinds of jokes about how that <laughs> that, that light would fix it, and all kinds of shit. So yeah, they came up with interesting ways of hiding it. It was great. It was a
0: good time. Crazy shit. Crazy shit. All right. Well you boys stick around. I'm gonna run the outro and uh everybody Hey I else want the
2: three I want the three questions. Like we're supposed to get like three questions. Know, that's RWO, huh?
0: Jesus, get your podcast straight, bro. This ain't I want, I R- want a question.
2: I want a question. This RWO a question, with five
0: students. I want I want questions. a question, John. I want a question. All right, Kyle. Ask any questions. You want this one is just for you because you asked oh, for shit. it. I got a
1: piss. I'll see you, boys. It was a pleasure. I'll
2: stay on. But
0: <laughs> I, I all right, do you think? Oh, I do I'm, it, Kevin Bird. <laughs> I got, see? I got, I got your question right here, Kyle. Uh, right. when did, when did you? Oh, I muted you. Uh, yeah, you um, muted me. So, how's that work? When, when did you lose your virginity?
2: Mm. 19.
0: You want to elaborate or are you just going to say a number?
2: So my wife's like right here and we uh... <laughs> All right.
0: when, did and you, my <laughs> when did you lose your PDR virginity is what I meant. What was your first oh five. dent? 05. That you actually made a dollar on.
2: Oh 05 when uh actually this guy was showing up my house and he was like man i'm making uh I'm sorry it's getting a little over here so let to change the subject um what I was uh he was showing up my house all the time and i had, like had a, a really bad back problem from uh falling down the stairs and doing a uh, a towel company and i was like dude i want to do what you do and i saw what he did dude, he sucked and, oh I shouldn't say that online. My bad. <laughs> but yeah, no, he never went to business anyway. That's a good route.
0: All right. Well, that was a great story. Compelling. Hey, I'm sorry,
2: like, no, it's, it's getting like
0: so windy. But, right, you
2: compelling hear that?
0: and rich. All right. Everybody, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh we'll see you next week. And I hope everybody has a great great fucking hail year hey John sorry
2: sorry it got really windy over here in my praise bad.
0: praise uh, praise the hail gods and let's let's hope we get it we get it all good this year I love you guys just wanted to thank you for listening to another episode of Dancing and Dreams and if you have any questions comments concerns compliments or complaints I can be reached at Dent Reaper across social media And be sure to subscribe to the Dents and Dreams Facebook group and or YouTube channel. Because that's where it'll happen. If and when we go live. Thanks again.